Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, my name's Ian Begley. You're watching the NBA Exchange with Dexter Henry. Welcome, everybody. Happy Friday. Another edition of the NBA Exchange. I'm your host, Dexter Henry. Thank you for joining me once again. We are wrapping up this week. There's a lot to talk about. There's some really good games tonight that I'm excited to talk about. And yesterday, you know, we got trade season really rolling a little bit early. New York Knicks made a trade. They acquired Cam Reddish. We are going to get into all of that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to break it down. Is this good for the Knicks? Are the Hawks going to make some more moves? What is going to be going on with all this? But we're going to talk about this today on the NBA Exchange. And to join me, the guy I connected with a few months ago, wanted to get him on the show. His name is Mike Perry. He is the host of the Ewing Some, You Lose Some, that's what Ewing, Patrick Ewing, podcast. And Big Nick fan uh, also does this podcast. It's great. Mike, glad to have you here. Thank you for joining the Exchange. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, man. I'm so glad to have you here to talk about it. I love, you know, I love the name of your podcast. It is absolutely great. And there's a lot of talk going on with the Knicks. So I had to have you on to talk about this. So the Knicks yesterday, they acquired Cam Reddish, right? And it didn't probably take what people might have thought that it would have taken. All they had to give up was Kevin Knox, a protected first round pick that uh, is from Charlotte. And they got that. So the first question here for you, Mike, is what did you think of this deal? Because Knicks Twitter seems to be pretty happy. But what did you think of this deal? Uh, again, I'm thrilled, th- th- thrilled to be on the show, thrilled about the trade. Um, obviously, the Knicks didn't give up a lot. Uh, Kevin Knox and a pick, they needed, uh, Atlanta needed to get rid of Cam. They weren't going to pay him. And he made it known months ago that he wasn't, he didn't want to be in Atlanta. So this was coming regardless of whether Cam went to the Knicks or not. Um, and this must have been the best deal on the table. Now, where this stands for the Knicks, um, Cam should immediately go into the starting lineup, right? Allow Evan Fournier to come off the bench, be an offensive spark plug, bring back the identity of defensive grit that we seem to lost that we seem to have lost this season um, with the departure of Reggie Bullock, Alfred Payton. Adding Cam Reddish into the starting lineup will vastly improve the defense. Um, R.J. Barrett will no longer be the only wing stopper, which in turn, will allow us to compete with teams like Brooklyn, Chicago, uh, the Wizards, if you will. So I'm extremely excited. I can't contain my excitement. I have so many thoughts on this. Um, well, I like, I, look, I, I love the excitement a lot. So it's interesting because we're going to get into some of the rotational stuff. So I like what you said there. You said that you think that Cam should immediately go in the starting lineup because of what he can bring on, on the defensive end if Fournier go, goes to the bench. Do you think that's likely to happen? Because you know a lot of times management, they can look at this and say, hey, we're paying Fournier $19 million a year. Cam's not making as much. But you think that this is best for the team going forward if 
Cam is immediately a starter. Well, I don't want to hurt Fournier's confidence, but right. he just isn't delivering consistently enough that I'm confident with him in the starting lineup. And he's a gotcha. negative defender, very negative defender. Cam yeah. is not. Also, um, Fournier seems to kind of want the ball in his hands uh, on offense, whereas Cam, actually very fun stat here, Cam is shooting 41% on catch-and-shoot threes this year, up from 26% last year. The Knicks very desperately need a catch-and-shoot three guy who can also be a plus defender. So it's it's more of a question of how doesn't this work for the Knicks than um, how does this work for the Knicks, you know? Yeah, no, no. So sometimes sometimes it's just about that, right? How, how doesn't it work? You know, how does this work for the Knicks? And you talked about being a plus defender. Fournier hasn't been that. You're absolutely right about that at all. Beside the defense, how else do you see Cam helping the Knicks this season? Because he's got a good, pretty good shooting stroke. He's been able to hit some corner threes uh, at a pretty high rate this season. How else do you see him helping the Knicks this season? He's been decently valuable off the bench for Atlanta in pick-and-roll situations. Um, Kevin Herter is the only other creator off the bench for the Hawks. So between those two guys, they've been asked to do a lot. Um, Cam's efficiency numbers are down from last season because of this, because last year he was mostly catch-and-shoot, whereas now he's running off a lot of pick-and-rolls, isos, stuff like that. He tends to get some R.J. Barrett tunnel vision, which makes sense. You know, they were teammates at Duke. Um, Right. So... I think he'll he'll be more of value as a catch and shoot rather than for the Knicks than what Atlanta was trying to use him as as an offensive creator scorer. I can I can definitely see see that for him there, and I think there's so much value that he brings. Obviously, just another young player. You mentioned the fact that he played with R.J. Barrett at Duke back in 2018, and there's already been a lot of rumors that okay, you got two of the big three there. Zion is now on the way. We'll save that for another day. Uh, that doesn't go there. I like this deal, Mike. I think it's good for the Knicks. I was surprised. I don't know if you were, and I'd love to hear you comment on Were you surprised that they didn't have to give up as much as I thought? Because I thought this would at least take Quentin Grimes. That would happen. Uh, Ian Begley, a friend of the show, reported that there was interest in Grimes. The Knicks said no. We also know the Lakers offered two second-round picks. That wasn't going to get it done. But were you shocked they did not uh, have to offer as much as they did to get Cam here? I'm not shocked. Cam, as I said, had been asking for a trade for months. So you can imagine the tension in the locker room in Atlanta. The Hawks just wanted to ship him off. Uh, as far as the Hawks, I feel bad for them, genuinely, that they weren't able to get Quentin Grimes. But the, it was the Knicks, uh, the ball was in the Knicks' court. And giving up Quentin Grimes would have been a massive mistake, even for Cam Reddish, because, I mean, Quentin Grimes' potential is just through the roof. Um, as far as am I surprised? No. No, I'm not. I think, again, the Knicks front office is outdoing themselves in every facet, and especially with trades. Look at the D-Rose trade last year. Look what that did for us. And now look right. what they're doing with Cam Reddish. Right. That was a good point. And Knicks, fan, Knicks fans here in the chat saying they're excited uh, for Cam. Nick Arias, he's excited for Cam to go. Uh, my man Greg uh, checking in. He can put the ball on the floor, too, and create. Absolutely true, which is another dimension. And he can play some defense. You didn't have that with Reggie Bullock last year, so this is very nice to see. So. You talked about the D-Rose trade last year. And remember, the D-Rose, they made that move a month before the trade deadline about the same thing here in the Cam Reddish deal. Should the Knicks stop here? Is this enough? Do they need more help? Do you think they do more before the trade deadline hits next month? I do. I do. I want see, I'm torn because 
I want them to move Evan Fournier, but Kemba Walker seems to be the best trading option or, you know, one of the young guys like Quick, Grimes, God forbid, RJ Barrett. Um, But it's a matter of who do the Knicks get? So I think someone like, if the Kings want to give him up, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, We are very much lacking in the point guard department. Uh, Emmanuel quickly improved on the playmaking aspect and everything, but he's just not uh, a point guard, if you will. Kemba can't do it defensively. Derrick Rose is injured. So until Rose is back at full health, we need to um, plug that hole, if you will. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they'll try to upgrade a point guard. There's been some talk about upgrading at center, maybe a Miles Turner. I'm not sure what they want to do, but they have the flexibility to do it. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do over the next, uh, well, under 30 days now till the trade deadline. Mike, we look at the Knicks and where they are right now, okay? They've won seven out of the last 10 games. I know this season has been a roller coaster, right? Started off five and one, then it seemed to go downhill. Nobody's saying bing bong anymore. That's that's over. But they're starting to play better. Seven out of 10, they've won five in a straight at home, in a row at home at the Garden. Um, do you think they're turning the corner at this time? I think one of the things, and we were talking about this before we got on, that gets lost is they're at the same pace that they were last season. But do you think they're turning the corner like we saw last season where they can go on a run uh, and finish higher up in the East? It's funny because we have the exact same record, right? Exact same record. Exact same record. Yep. Same amount of games. But no one's talking about it because the defensive grit of last year is gone. Um, <clears throat> the Knicks went on a nine-game win streak in April last year, after, uh, late in the season. R.J. Barrett has... Over 30 points in three of his last five games. The Knicks have the number one defense in the NBA since January 1st. Mitchell Robinson won me a ton of money the other day on a double-double. Um, mobile betting in New York is legal now. And Mitch has just looked, I don't know if you've been watching the last few games, Mitch has looked fantastic. Uh, one of the top centers in the league, in my opinion. And because of that, I don't really want to move him for Miles Turner, who's regressed back to his mean as far as three-point shooting and things like that. So am I... I think if another late season run happens like last year, the nine game win streak, when and we can kind of sneak into the a higher seed, like a five or six, maybe four, that'd be great. But as it stands, and I'm not hitting the panic button like we talked about, but as it stands, I think an eight seed, maybe if, if we can get to the second round, a second round exit, I consider that a success for the season. Yeah, I think that'd be I think that'd be fine. So it's also some progress I would see there too, which is why you know a lot of Knicks fans thought the sky was falling early on. But we're seeing some nice things now. I'm not saying that they've officially turned it around, but we've seen some things look better now. One player who's had a lot of struggles that Knicks fans have got on is Julius Randle, including some Knicks fans who want to get him up out of here. Uh, have you been concerned about his struggles? We could go into the whole thumbs down thing, and we can look at look at all that, Mike. But have you been concerned about his struggles? And do you how important do you think it is for him to turn it around so that the Knicks can turn it around? Yeah, Julius has obviously regressed, right? We heard this all throughout the preseason. Julius regression. It was bound to happen. And, and that's not even really his fault because of the season he had last year was just astronomical. Um, his offensive rating and defensive rating have regressed back to what they were in his first season with the Knicks. He... He's taking 35% of his shots from within 10 feet compared to 28% last year. He's driving more. He's trying to get those superstar foul calls. The refs aren't giving them to him because one good year doesn't necessarily earn you that kind of treatment with the refs. He can be seen complaining to the refs a lot instead of getting back on defense. 
He seems unsure of himself. A lot of turnovers. Not His teammates not reading where he wants to go with the passes. So I think it's only a matter of time before Julius gets himself set straight here. It is concerning, but I think he'll figure it out. Okay. I like, I like the optimism around it. And the last couple of games, he's played okay. The shot hasn't fallen as well, but he's, he's rebounded the ball well. He's found teammates uh, passing the ball and hasn't turned it over that much. So he's played okay. But the guy who has been playing really good, R.J. Barrett. Uh, you talked about uh, the 30-point games that he's had, uh, the youngest Nick to have uh, back-to-back 30-point games uh, like that that he did. So he had the record the other night that the Knicks announced. So I was talking about this with some friends on another show recently, and is is it time to transition to R.J. Barrett as the number one option? Is it time to give him the keys and let him cook in the offense? What do you say, Mike? I think it is, personally. I think we're seeing the transcendence of R.J. Barrett, and it's been coming for a while now. He's very young, so I think we were right to give it this much time. But he's he's basically, um, I don't want to say his apex, but he's on his way there, right? Three, uh, 30 points in three of his last five games, um, not exactly against any kind of scrubs either. I mean, why not give the keys to RJ? He still gets tunnel vision on his drives, not the best decision making, but he isn't falling back to the mid-range jumpers or only going one side when he drives. He's opening up his game, which is what we needed to see. And when he's shooting this well, I just don't see how you don't hand him the keys. Um, and I, I don't think Julius will be hesitant to hand him the keys either. Yeah, because that's the other thing I'm, I'm seeing on Nick's Twitter is, will Julius allow him to do this? Um, I was talking with my producer, Greg, about this. Will this occur? Will he be willing to let that happen? Um, I think so, too. And I think the way Tibbs is offensively in the schemes that he preaches, I think it'll be a natural progression. We're seeing what he can do with the ball in his hands. And I think as long as he takes care of the ball, and we maybe see a little bit better playmaking, Mike. Yeah, who who knows? So you think the team could turn it around, Mike? Would you say they're locked for a play, playoff team, top six seed? Or do you see them in that playing range having to fight their way to get into the playoffs? What do you see for the Knicks as we go through the second half of the season? The Knicks fan inside of me says a lock as a playoff team, but the realistic NBA fan in me says a play-in team. Last year was, it was lucky. Uh, Derrick Rose's uh, emergence it likely isn't going to happen the way it did last year. I don't think Cam Reddish makes the difference that Derrick Rose makes. I don't believe the Knicks are going to go on a late season win streak like last year. So many things that happened last year that got us to that fourth seed are likely not going to happen this year, especially with the change of players that we've had. But Tibbs also has been playing with his rotations more. So it'll be fun to see where we end up at the end of the season. I call us a playoff, uh, play-in team, though. Play-in team, not playoff lock team. All right, so we, we started at the top of this talking about the Cam Reddish trade and the addition that he has here. The question now is simple because, you know, everybody wants to know who won the trade. Uh, did the Knicks win the trade? Did the Hawks win the trade? But I guess the question I think is more to this when you're looking at adding a player to a roster. Are the Knicks a better team now that they have Cam, Cam Reddish than they were uh, before when they didn't have it? So I know we haven't seen him play yet. We'll see him play uh, Saturday against Atlanta in Atlanta, interestingly enough. But do you think the Knicks are a better team now with Reddish on the roster? One million percent. Um, a fun little stat I wanted to throw out there. Between Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Cam Reddish, who all spent the most top three minutes guarding R.J. Barrett, 
<clears throat> Only one player kept RJ below 50%, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish actually held RJ Barrett to 0% field goal percentage. And per 36, if you add Bogdan and Kevin Herter's numbers together with points per minute, RJ is scoring 70 points per 36 minutes against those two. Keep that in mind this Saturday when Cam Reddish is on the other side. Um, mm. That's a that that's a great point. That's a great. Not, yeah, I, I see what you're saying there, Mike. Nice to have him on the Knicks side uh, than having him on the other side giving uh, R- RJ trouble. All right, so you're optimistic about, about the Knicks. You're feeling pretty good uh, playing team, and you think the ceiling for them could be second round exit. That's kind of what you see this year. I guess the last thing I'll ask you, Mike, is are you optimistic? With all this being said, we talked about the trades and everything. Are you optimistic about the future of the franchise and what we've seen from last year and this year? Because there's been a lot of pessimism, let's be honest, around the franchise for a long time. But are you optimistic going forward with the moves and the young talent that is here? I'm insanely optimistic. I would even go as far as to say that the Knicks have one of the best young cores in the league. Mitch, RJ, Quick, Grimes, McBride, Obi. I could even name a few others. Um, It's only up from here. As I mean... We may not re-sign Mitch after the season, right? But even so, even if you remove Mitch from the equation, one of the best young cores in the league, Thibodeau is one of the best coaches in the league, in my opinion, especially defensively. And he has so many uh, gifted defensive players that it's, it's um, how do I want to say this? It's a good recipe. Give Thibodeau defensive players who play hard and hustle. Let, give him the reins with a young core of defensive players and good veterans to learn from as well, which I think we have. It's a recipe for success. Yeah, I like that. I think Knicks fans are going to like that. I think they're going to like the optimism. That is my man, Mike Perry. He is one of the hosts of the You Wing Some, You Lose Some podcast. Please go check it out. It's a fantastic Knicks podcast, and it's really great. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I'm going to have you back soon. This won't be your last time on the exchange. We're going to have you back and we're going to talk some Knicks basketball. Maybe we talk again when they're like 10 games over 500. How about that? That sounds great to me. I can't wait for it. No problem. Again, Mike Perry, give him a follow. Check out the podcast. You win some, you lose some podcast. And uh, check out all of his work there. I am going to take a short break. When I come back, I'm going to give you my picks for tonight. Friday night, there's a lot of good games, guys. Some really, really, really interesting matchups i think people are excited about i'll tell you what you should do if you want to bet them and win some money we'll talk about all that when we come back on the nba exchange are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports well look no further than prize picks prize picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game why because it's so easy to use and win to make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, Join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. Download the Prize Picks app today. Mm-hmm. 
Some are always looking for more sports content, and among the glut of sports media, some are looking for sports content that dives a bit deeper and doesn't just stick to sports. So check out Backpack Broadcasting's original long-form sports journalism series, Sideline Stories. The award-winning original series takes viewers directly into underrepresented communities within the world of sports. It's a series that goes beyond traditional sports reporting, like box scores and statistics, presenting exclusive stories that you won't find anywhere else. With a diverse group of correspondents, the series provides interviews and interesting stories around the world of sports, because there is so much beyond the game, and so much that occurs off the field or court that impacts each of us and the world we live in. Giving a voice to athletes, coaches, fans, and everyone involved in athletics, Sideline Stories looks to push sports storytelling further than ever before. It's a winner of the 2020 Independent Shorts Awards, and all episodes of Sideline Stories are available for viewing today on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and Facebook page. The Sports Walk is back. Watch Season 4 of Backpack Broadcasting's original, award-winning web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans in these streets. Literally, in these streets. The first three seasons and current season, with new episodes every Monday, are available now on the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy, y'all. Just take the sports walk. Definitely a great time talking to my man, Mike Perry. Again, check that. You win some, you lose some podcasts. Great Knicks podcast to talk about. You know me. I always like talking about some Knicks basketball. That is always good. And I'll expand a little bit more. I really do like this Cam Reddish trade. I think it was a good move for the Knicks. I was very surprised at how little they had to give up. I thought they would have to give up more, including Quentin Grimes. But to get Kevin Knox uh, out of New York, who pretty much was a failed experiment, never was going to get it done here. Thibodeau did not give him much burn. Even when there was a COVID protocols, he had some opportunities, but never really showed that much. Uh, for the Knicks to still hold on to Grimes, who the organization is very high on, for them to hold on to all the young players and add another young player. I haven't seen a, a Nick fan on Twitter or anyplace else that's been against this trade. Uh, I like the upside. I'm very intrigued to see what Mike said about whether Cam will go into the starting lineup. Will they bring him off the bench? I'm not sure about that and how that would affect players like uh, Evan Fournier and others. But you got to like this in terms of the versatility it brings the Knicks, and it seems like a move that a competent front office makes. There wasn't an overpay here, but it was a very good move. And I think one that we'll see, you know, time will tell how it helps the Knicks. One of the things I didn't get into with Mike about was the contractual situation. There's been some talk from Knicks fans worrying about, okay, well, he's from the same draft class as RJ. They're both extension eligible after this summer. But one of the things I think we have to keep in mind is the Knicks don't necessarily have to extend Cam Reddish. They can let it play out for another season and pay him uh, according to the rookie wage scale that he'll be paid. And then they can revisit that into the summer of 2023, which is exactly what I think will happen. I think that's what the Knicks will do. I think they will let this play out. They will check things out in the summer of 2023 and see what it is there. Right. And so I think if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be excited 
about this move. You know, my man Greg is excited about it. He says, Knicks used to always get robs in trades. Now they're doing the robins. Yeah, that's right. There's some fleecing they did last year with Derrick Rose in that trade. Although, like I said, there were some people out there who didn't want to give up a second-round pick in Dennis Smith Jr. I don't know why. And, and here you could say, yeah, this is kind of a fleecing. I mean, look, it, even if it goes south, whatever that means, Cam Reddish doesn't perform, he can't play here in New York, he isn't what you think, I still think this is a pretty good move. It's low cost. They're also betting on the pick uh, not conveying, which they needed to top 18 protected uh, for Charlotte. So a lot of it depends on how Charlotte does, and they look like a playoff team. As of last check, they were right at the 18th pick. So it, it's it's very interesting. If they're going to be a playoff team, a good playoff team, this could extend into the future and could eventually become two seconds. But I'm with Greg on this right here. Knicks always used to get robbed in these trades. They do not. I think this is a good one. If you've got more that you want to let me know, you want to talk about with the Knicks, let me know what you think in the comments. I see you guys in the comments. We will take some of that uh, on the show. But I'm going to get into some NBA picks, guys, because some good games tonight. Okay. Really good matchups that should be exciting. So if it's too stressful for you, you don't want to get into the betting, I understand all that. I get that. But we talk a little picks here at the end of this show. First matchup tonight that I think is good. Now, I'm going to be tuned into this anyway. This is a matchup between two of the top teams in basketball right now. The Golden State Warriors will be in Chi-Town to take on the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Now, the interesting thing here is both of these teams got their asses kicked in their previous game, okay? The Warriors, we saw last night, get killed by the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks absolutely own own them, and the Warriors now have lost four out of five games. And then uh, on Wednesday night, that was, we saw the Bulls get destroyed by the Brooklyn Nets uh, by 26 points at home at the United Center. So it's two teams coming off of bad losses. They're going to want to rebound. My concern here for the Warriors is they have not looked the same with Draymond out. The defense has been a little bit off. Clay is not expected to play tonight. So keep that in mind if you're going to put some money down on this game. Clay Thompson not expected to play tonight. The plan was Steve Kerr said to hold him out in back to backs until, you know, they ramp up his workload and he starts feeling better. That gives me a little bit of a concern. Clay's looked good in the minutes he's been had here and there. Obviously came back on Sunday, looked pretty decent against Memphis, uh, and then uh, here against the, the Bucks. So they're going to lose a little bit of his shooting, which should hurt. But here's the thing. The Warriors have lost four out of five. They haven't looked that great. I think they want to end this trip that they've taken out to the East Coast pretty strong, and I think they need know they're going to need a win here. Now, Chicago, their defense has been slipping. And this is why I don't trust them. The line is four and a half. I have this feeling that the Warriors are the team that's a little bit more embarrassed on the road. Chicago's at home, even though they were embarrassed the other night. I think the Warriors are going to show some fight. I'm not sure they're going to win, but give me the Warriors plus the four and a half points. I think they keep this close uh, at at a minimum, and they might keep this under four points. I can see this being a one possession game late and you know who who knows what happens. But I think the safe bet here is maybe take the Warriors and the points. I don't necessarily trust the Bulls. Haven't liked how their offense looked. They definitely missed Caruso on defense. Uh, defense, I should say, I haven't liked how it's looked. They definitely missed Caruso on defense. So that's my pick. Give me the Warriors plus the points, plus the four and a half uh, to win there. Next game of the night, Atlanta Hawks. We talked a little bit about them in this show. They are taking on the Miami Heat. Now, this is a story of two teams going in completely opposite directions. Miami, 
they've been really good. They've won eight out of the last 10. Uh, they're third in the East, and a lot of this is impressive because of the injuries they've had. No Bam, no Jimmy Butler for some time, even some time without Kyle Lowry. Atlanta, they're heading the opposite direction. They've lost seven out of their last 10. They dropped six games under 500 uh, below the playoff line. They've also lost, get this, this is maybe where you might not have any confidence. They've lost nine in a row at home, which is crazy. Can't believe Atlanta is talented and high as everybody thought. They lost nine in a row at home. Insane. I think the Hawks have a lot of trouble. You heard the rumblings coming from Travis uh, Schlenk earlier this week, talking about he maybe shouldn't have brought everybody back. They already just got Cam Reddish out of here. Uh, the Knicks will see him on and the Hawks on Saturday night. So that shall be interesting. And what's the other moves that the Hawks can make? They just seem like a team a little bit in disarray. Our man Gerard Hector has talked about the fact of Trey Young's comments at the beginning of the season. It's pretty much talking about they were just waiting for the playoffs. And now it looks like they might not. I think they're in trouble. Meanwhile, the heat of focus. Give me the heat. Minus the four and a half as the favorites. I bang that. I think the Heat win this. I think they're able to cover easily. I just love how they're playing right now. And I just think they're the better team and the Hawks are going in the opposite direction. So give me the Heat as well. Last game of the night I got for you guys. Mavericks Grizzlies. Excited about this. Why? Because of the point guard matchup. It's a dope one. Right? Got John Morant going against Luka Doncic. Two of the NBA's best young stars right here. But the story is the Grizzlies. They've been balling. I've told you guys I'm on the Grizzly Cup hype train. With my man Gerard Hector, my man Mo Hamilton, they're on it as well, too. The Grizzlies, they're hot. They've won 11 in a row. Sure, I'm impressed with what they did the other night against Golden State. They looked fantastic. Also checked out their game last night against Minnesota. And you should say, ah, oh, Grizzlies are better than Minnesota. They should beat them. It was a tight game, and I love the execution by the Grizzlies in the last minute, 30 seconds, minute 50 or so. They executed well. They were patient. They looked poised. They looked hungry. And... I just think they're the better team right now. Now, this is a back-to-back. They are at home. I do think Dallas will put up some fight, especially after getting drubbed by the Knicks on Tuesday night. do think they will put up some fight here. However, I just love the way the Grizzlies are playing. I think they want to keep the streak going. They have a chip on their shoulder. They want to show everybody they've arrived. And, guys, they might have arrived. So give me the Grizzlies' favorite at home. Close game. I can see this, but I can see the Grizzlies pulling away late. I like the minus two and a half for them to cover there. So that's my picks there. Here are my picks. Golden State Warriors versus the Bulls. Give me Golden State plus the points, four and a half. Miami Heat at home to cover over the Atlanta Hawks. Minus four and a half is the line there. And then I like the Grizzlies to cover two and a half points over the Dallas Mavericks. Those are my picks. So check all that out. If you missed this episode, you didn't get to see it live, you can listen to us. Remember, we're on all streaming platforms. For our podcast, you can hear my interview with Mike Perry of the You Win Some, You Lose Some podcast, talking about the Cam Reddish trade for the Knicks and how good it be. We'll be talking a lot more Knicks basketball this month as we go forward. We'll have some other good guests uh, around the Knicks to talk about that. So the Knicks fans, I know you always tune in and you want to know what's going on here in the NBA Exchange. We will definitely talk about that over the next couple months. Next week is going to be a little bit of a different week. Monday's Martin Luther King Day holiday uh there won't be a live show we might have something recorded on an interview i'm working with somebody we'll let you guys know about that so please follow us on all our social media handles at the nba exchange to get updates on that so just follow us there and we'll let you know about all that there will be no show next wednesday due to some obligations i have to do but we will be back uh again next friday so next friday is gonna next week's gonna be a little bit of a different week uh where we'll have limited shows but hopefully some other content around there to hold you guys over 
been a great week of basketball. I want to thank everybody for continuing to support the NBA Exchange. As I always say, follow us at the NBA Exchange on Twitter, on Instagram. Also, continue to support Backpack Broadcasting and all the content that we put put out. You want to support us? Support us with a little bit of your time and your funds. Donate to our Patreon account. We would appreciate that. We want to thank our good patrons that help us do this content. We see you guys out there. Your names are listed there. And we put you out there and shout you out on every show. Also, I would love to remind all our viewers and listeners, our partnership with Prize Picks is still going. You can sign up to Prize Picks. Best way to get involved in some daily fantasy uh, and some player props. Really good way to look at that. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100 when you use the code, special code from this show, brought to you by yours truly, NBAEX. You see it right there. Use that code and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. That's it for this Friday edition of the NBA Exchange. Next week, we'll be back. I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about in the world of sports. There'll be a lot of games. Trade rumors are going to heat up. There's going to be so much more to talk about and what happens with these trades and how this all goes down. Will the Knicks make more moves? Will other teams make moves? Will teams strike early? Will they wait close to the deadline? So much to talk about in the world of the National Basketball Association. That's it. As I said, for this episode, I'm Dexter Henry. And until next time, y'all, peace.